0: I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle, business tips, and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. You guys are not going to want to miss this interview with Jamie Washington and hear how this mom of five went from being an assistant To being a media manager for Justin Bieber and other very famous human beings to experiencing burnout of being a media manager for 11 clients who are famous and hitting the wall and realizing in that midst of burnout with incredible opportunities, she had to do something different. And that's when she committed to scaling her business and hiring employees and beefing up In creating what is now known as Washstone Media. And she is the top African American female social media influencer in the US. You guys are gonna wanna hear her story and how she's worked with high end clients like Apple and Home Depot and Chick fil A and other big brands, but is now also making a pivot to serve the smaller business owners in the midst of quarantine and and this whole quarantine lifestyle, you know, she's pivoting to provide services to help that that medium sized business scale with all the parts integrating in from a social media standpoint to make it more seamless. You guys are going to want to tune in hear about her own trials and tribulations and growing pains of going from an employee to an entrepreneur to a ceo with a booming business with major accolades and you're also going to want to hear her top tips to stand out in the midst of 2021 on social media so check her out All right, we are live. Oh my goodness, guys. I am so excited to have this guest here today, Miss Jamie Washington, just an incredible human that I've been able to connect with through social media, through the power of the, the engine, right? Let me give you guys a quick background on Jamie. You are going to want to listen in. You're going to want to get your pen and paper and you're going to be inspired. So let me just tell you a little bit about Jamie. First and foremost, she's a mom and a wife. She's got five kiddos. God bless you. I've got three. I can't even imagine adding two more. (laughs) And she's a breast cancer survivor and entrepreneur and a CEO. And she finds passion in helping brands stand out in the crowd using SEO and and media social media and web design strategies which hopefully we can unpack a little bit of that on the back half of the podcast but she's also she's the top african-american female social media influencer in the u.s that's huge that's- she's worked with have you guys heard some of these high-end clients apple home depot merrill lynch paypal chick-fil-a United Airlines big big names guys she's known as a digital arts architect and she also is a nationally recognized digital consultant in SEO content marketing and digital media marketing and the last thing here is additionally she was honored in 2018 as an Ellie fund honoree and recipient in a 2018 Boston Business Journal 40 under 40 finalist, and Boston Chamber of Commerce, Commerce top 10 young leaders Boston finalists so if that's not a mouthful of incredible accomplishments, I don't know what is. Jamie, welcome to the show. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Melissa. I am so excited to be here. And hello, everyone. Thank you for such a warm, warm introduction, girl. I love it.
0: <laughs> yes. Can we talk about your shirt? Because I'm freaking loving it. These sleeves are incredible. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it, it was one of those Nordstrom's. Top shop that you were like, oh, I just have to have it.
0: (laughs) Yes. And you are wearing it good. I love it. You know, it's so funny. When we first kind of got into this quarantine life at first, I was like just dressing super comfortably for quite some time. And then finally I was like, screw this. I'm going shopping. I'm going to get some cute clothes. I just got tired of... (laughs) Of being like too comfortable, right? So I love it. That you brought your A game. Well, okay, so this is going to be fun. So Jamie, I know that there's always a backstory to the successful entrepreneurs that have made it right. You have clearly built a phenomenal brand for yourself and an expert yeah. in your field. Right? But I know that there's always a backstory. You didn't just land in being successful. You weren't just lucky, right? Right. So can can you bring us back to the Jamie pre pre washstone media, pre being the expert, working with the big brand. Where were you? Did you have you always worked for yourself or Whoa. where did you start out? That's a great
1: question. I love the way you're leading into that, Melissa. I was actually fired during maternity leave. Oh wow. Before I knew that people couldn't do that.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yes. So I was a legal secretary for a big law firm here in okay, you guys can see that I'm home because that's the doorbell. Someone will that's get
0: right. scorching <laughs> um, life. Yes,
1: so I know it, it is what it is. Um and I went on maternity leave with my first daughter and my second daughter they're 13 months apart but i worked all the way up until it was time for my maternity leave but i guess they were like well she just had baby number 2 and when it was time for me to come back i took 6 weeks and melissa when i was time to come back the office manager said oh i'm sorry your position is no longer available they filled it with the tip and wow. yes. And so that's how I kind of was forced into, okay, I guess I'm going to kind of stay home. And so I started doing a little part-time, started working with, you know, a few agencies, like part-time agencies, you know, being an admin assistant, a receptionist. And I just thought there's just so much more to me -hmm. And this. And then that's when I started. Then I connected, reconnected. We were always still friends, but connected with a lot of my friends from Berklee College of Music, which is my alum. And by that time, uh, my friends were now music directors for, you know, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, you name it they were, you know, on tour with them. And so it just became organic to just kind of network naturally with them just to see if it was anything I could do on tour, even if it was answer emails or things like that.
0: Wait, so can I pause for a minute? So your, your degree was in music. Let me back up. So you had a degree in music, music business, music business. Okay. Okay. Keep going. All right.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, Because I wanted to be, well, first I wanted to be Whitney Houston. Because uh, every girl wanted to be Whitney Houston. <laughs> then I went to Berklee College of Music. You're smeared Sophomore year going into your junior year for music business, you needed to be an intern for um, your junior, your junior year, at least the spring of the junior year, of, the, of your junior year. So my sophomore year that summer, I went down to Nashville and interviewed with Starstruck Studios, which was Reba McIntyre's studio, and I got hired. So I was able to do my internship my junior year with Reba yes and it was just eye-opening it was it was I saw a different side of the industry that I never yeah that I had never seen before in a good way to see this phenomenal woman in charge of everything I mean people were coming into her music studio to record. Like Garth Brooks was coming in and it was just like all and then then you know she had a green screen and so people were, you know, the local community were you were recording commercials and it, you know, it was her and her husband. She had a hello pad. And it was just this like, you know, empire that Reba <laughs> built <laughs> in Nashville. <laughs> I got to meet Taylor Swift when I was interning with Reba. I have like all of these You know amazing stories, and I went back for my senior year. Came back to Boston, and I said, "You know what? I don't want to be Whitney Houston anymore. I want to be a businesswoman like Reba."
0: Mm. Yes,
1: and so that's just kind of how it happened. But then I went into the legal field, got fired, and then still kind of made my (laughs) way back into the music industry.
0: That is, so how did you end up, real quickly, how did you end up in the legal field from school? It was a
1: part-time job. It literally was a part-time job. I just needed a part-time job for the summer, and I didn't want to work at the Gap anymore.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep, okay, okay. So, okay, so you found your way back into the music industry. What happened there?
1: Sure. So my first big break was I was assigned to this no-name person by the name of Justin Timberlake.
0: So, <laughs> no name.
1: Yeah. No name. Like nobody knows who he is. And I was assigned um, as a social media manager. So I was assigned to assist with when he was on tour. I was running his Facebook page at that time. um, Instagram wasn't a big thing. Making sure that videos were posted properly. When he was on tour talking to the fans, if there was any sweepstakes, if there was any giveaways. So that's what I was doing. And then it's almost like once you get into that world, Mm -hmm. it becomes referral-based. So before I knew it, Ah. yeah, before I knew it, RCA had assigned a couple of other artists to me. And before I knew it, I had 11 clients, which kind of gets to like that burnout, but I had 11 clients and I was ready to pull my hair out because it was just me. Yeah. Media manager for everyone creating all the content. Oh, so
0: it was just you. It was just you creating content for 11 clients. You didn't have any support? No. How long ago was this? This was almost five years ago. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) And that's what birthed Washtone because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this. I was going crazy. I had clients in the West Coast, clients on the East Coast. And I and I vividly remember Justin had just finished the Tennessee Kids and he had just said goodnight to everyone. He was on the West Coast. I remember closing my computer here in Boston and I was like, it's got to be more to this for me because it was like 3.30 in the morning. Mm. my whole house was quiet you know my husband is sleeping my kids are sleeping I've just been like you know in in a concert in the west coast and I wasn't really there and it was almost like a false reality and I knew that I had a choice I said okay well I can either stay up and work on content that's due for another client because at that time I didn't even have systems didn't even know what that was didn't, you know, didn't have any systems at all. Didn't have an assistant. You <laughs> not have systems. And so I chose to stay up, Melissa, which is so crazy. I chose, I remember so vividly, it was 3.36 in the morning. And I knew my husband's alarm clock was going to go off at about six. I knew that my kids' alarm clocks were going to go off about six thirty, six forty-five. I still needed to fix lunches. Hadn't done that. And there was a particular client that I owed creatives to by 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time that I had not completed. And I chose to stay awake. So I stayed awake for probably
0: 36 hours. Wow. Wow. And so it sounds like that was the aha for you. It was. That something, something has to change where yes. I'm sure there for a while, where, did you feel like up until then you were just riding on adrenaline that you're working with all these famous people and yes. like, what a privilege, right? What a privilege, what an opportunity.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And screaming inside. like, oh,
0: this, is so <laughs> this is crazy. Right, right. Oh my gosh. So it's funny, side note, just kind of a little like nothing to the extreme uh, that you've experienced. But it's funny, just even last year, I had kind of my own experience of like, the most successful people get comfortable saying no. Right. And so like, as my business was taking off this last year, I had like one project layered over another project. And I finally had this, this, I think maybe we talked about it earlier today, this owner of a huge company come to me with a proposition to, to work with her. And like you, I was like, I was elated, but crying inside. Like I, I, I committed to it knowing it was going to kill me. (laughs) 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 And it did. So what did you learn from that? And like, what, what happened at that pivotal moment? Like, when did you decide something like, I know you, you decided, but then what actions did you take? Like, what was the pivotal moment for you that like, something's got to give, like, you know, I'm staying up all night long, probably not spending much time with your kids. Your spouse is getting your leftovers. Like, so what happened?
1: Yeah. So the first thing I did was look up, it's on Google anyway, all day, every day. So I looked up <laughs> virtual, <laughs> with some virtual assistants and I found two sites. One was called freelancer.com and another one was called upwork.com yep. and with on those two platforms, I found my first two virtual assistants
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I then was able to begin to segment tasks for the first time to use base camps and trello boards and Excel spreadsheets. I was actually able to that was my process but also, even when we talk about being burnt out, we as females sometimes we don't allow ourselves to even feel the burnout. So I then Melissa had issues with giving my virtual assistants tasks. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes. I've been in. I've been in that boat, right? It's so true because it's like you're fearful that it won't get done the way you do it. But the bottom line is you'd rather it get done than you die because you can't, because you can't manage it all. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And so we then just began to kind of organically grow because then it was three of us. I was able to pivot more with working on my business instead of in my business. Yes. And here we are today. I can't even believe it. Five years. We're, we're almost. We're on. I think June is our is our fifth our five year anniversary, and we're eighteen team members strong. I think I mentioned to you in a conversation that we've had that inside of COVID that I'm pivoting to help entrepreneurs, small business owners to help build out those systems and stuff. Because I think I've had pivotable moments like that one with having the eleven clients. I needed to build systems. And then I was forced to build the systems. And then in 2016, when I was diagnosed with stage 3C breast cancer, I also was forced to build out serious systems and mm-hmm. automations because I was going to be in chemotherapy. So it was like yeah. the wall wasn't going to be there. So everything had to be systematized so that it could run smoothly as if I was there and mm. to see my business be able to continue to grow and to sustain itself was phenomenal so I guess you know there's a good in a burnout I, I don't mm. really want to have to get there <laughs> but it's what we learn from it the, the 11 clients I was ready to pull my yes my oh guy. my gosh I want well, to. And- I, 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 I tell this story all the time and people laugh. I literally Melissa contemplated going back on Justin's Facebook fan page and saying, Hi, this is not Justin. This is Joey. <laughs> Just wanna let you know. And like write it on like, like all my other clients. And I was like, oh, I think RCA would be so mad at me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, and it's, I mean, you bring up a really good point. So it's something I've been learning a lot about this year in entrepreneurship is that when when you're managing all the things, you become the bottleneck of your business, right? And until... You're, and that's one huge thing I've learned this year is if I you can't build, build out role descriptions and tasks and get really organized, you will be the bottleneck of your business. Which is why those eleven clients you were so burnt out. But had you had the infrastructure of some VAs to help support you with those tasks, and you yeah. could have overseen it, maybe you wouldn't hit the burnout. But then you wouldn't have ended up with Washedo Media, right? Like so. <laughs> So interesting. Okay, so this is like a selfish question because I'm always curious about structures of of your business because that's kind of the space I'm in right now is like, You know, there's always there's like the integrator and there's kind of the the chief visionary officer and like the CEO and all that. There's all these different roles I'm learning. Right. And what I realized is like where you were with those 11 people was that you were all of them. Right. (laughs) Right. And my question to you is now that you've got the structure in place. And I actually had a guy speak last week about this, Mel Abraham. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's a financial guru. But he talks about creating those layers in your business where initially you're the entrepreneur that's making all the money. Your face makes the money. Money, right, like when you were managing those eleven clients, and they talks about layering your business and creating systems. While you went through this bout of cancer, which he actually had the same experience, he went through bout of cancer, and so it's really interesting how if you take the time to create that structure, that's the true freedom that we all want as entrepreneurs, right? Is like the time freedom yeah. that you realized you didn't really have when you were the face of your company, managing all those clients' accounts. So my question to you is: now that you've got eighteen people in place. Yes. Where do you find that you gravitate towards? Are you more of like a systems, like integrator, kind of a structure organization? Or do you see yourself more as like the visionary and development? Like where where do you spend most of your brain space?
1: Oh boy. Yes. And that's a good question. Because of the line of work that I'm in with, you know, creating content for a brand, speaking for that brand, being that brand, I am still probably more involved than my business mentor would like me to be. (laughs) (laughs) We're working with the Chamber of Commerce. They're doing the Boston Chamber of Commerce. They're doing a big rebrand. Okay. So they're going to A big rebrand. It's a huge project that we're working on. And I literally, I mean, out of my 18 staff members, I have four that are Adobe certified and CAD certified. So they know the ins and outs of drawing out a logo, just as an example. Right. But I still hand drew what was in my mind. Yep. Because I still, ha- I, it was no way I could, t- I could articulate it to them of what I was looking for mm-hmm. and have them to draw it. So I I still create a little. <laughs> um, yeah. But then I drew like four or five different logos and handed it over to them for them to put into the CAD and and you know, actually create what the look what the logo concepts will look like. Even being in the business even being a CEO founder for five years, it's still tough for me not to find myself doing the day to day tasks. I'm just going to be totally but like doing the podcast like doing podcasts and interviews for years I've said no because I have like oh I don't have the time but uh my executive assistant who also has a little bit of a business development in her she's now forcing you to do these she's like no we <laughs> are gonna put it on your calendar you're, you're gonna do it because that's me working on my on my business instead of me working
0: in the business Yes. Yes. Because that's where your face, no one can replace your face and your knowledge to be a public, you know, to be, to be speaking on behalf of your company out there like that.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yes. If that answers your question, the 18 people, like if, if someone was to go to my website and you would go to about us, you would see all 18 of us. I have like five that are social media Managers so we call them digital d- digital marketing strategists they physically will create the content, create the post, and they also will physically upload it onto someone's channel. Then mm-hmm. we've got you know some of my i t guys that create the email campaigns, create the funnels. I, I think you and I talked about Russell Brunson. So a couple of clients, they're in Russell Brunson's Two Comma Club. So we've got mm-hmm. two clients that are part of that. So we build out a lot of funnels. So I don't build out funnels anymore. I will say that I've gotten better mm-hmm. at that. <laughs> and, and so I'm learning to, to give team members their jurisdictions yeah allowing them to excel in the position that I hired them for Mm -hmm. and me have to step back because I have to remember almost I have to remember my burnout because if I don't remember my burnout I'll go right back into that vicious cycle you know what I mean yes
0: well and I think that's just the nature of entrepreneurship is like because you're constantly your radar is always open to like what's next what's the next opportunity like I don't want to put words in your mouth. But it's like, I feel like that's just part of the nature of kind of the mentality of the entrepreneur. And then experiencing burnout enough, you begin to create kind of boundaries for yourself. So I guess one more question around that. And then I would love to maybe pick your brain for a couple minutes, just on some some information maybe you can share with my listeners to stand out. So in five years, you went from one to 18. Staff members, right? Yes. So, how have you recalibrated with each phase of growth? Because I'm experiencing this is a selfish question because I'm experiencing it myself. Like there was like one of me last year, there's like six of us this year, or five of us. What's it been like on that rocket ship over the past five five years of going from one to eighteen? And it sounds like you've got a business coach. Like, where have you gotten help with structure and organization? Of you know your five people managing the media accounts and and all the things and and the- and the metrics like how are you like how are you just keeping up with all the things, or do you have someone that's doing that like a project manager that's doing that for you yes, so we
1: so I have project managers I have three project managers that are assigned to a project and the first thing that I did was write out s o p s so standard operating procedures, because it was everything that I did. So it lets people know from initial contact to they should talk to this person. And then we find out, you know, what what service can we provide? Is this website design? Is this social media content? Is this building out like funnels and automation? And mm-hmm. then once we know kind of, what spectrum they're in. We know which project manager to send them to. So then they kind of have a conversation with the project manager to talk about their project, you know, free consult, talk about the project to see if it's something that we align with, if it's something we can assist.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: once they do that, then we go into the the proposal phase. Then we have, once we've solidified the proposal, they've locked in their investment Then I come in on a deep dive, which is usually like a 60 minute conversation where we kick out, it's a kickoff campaign. So we kick the campaign off. I'll be their project manager and usually like their digital marketing strategist. So whoever's going to be physically inside of their LinkedIn account or physically inside of their Instagram account. So the three of us will be on that call to introduce ourselves and to really just kind of talk about the project. But in times past, I would be doing all of it from as soon as the initial email came in, right. You know, know, to doing, to doing it all. I've also gathered mentors for different walks in my journey. So my, I would say one of my main mentors is Bob Proctor. And so Bob Proctor told me, "Go find someone," and when he said it he's like, "Jamie, go find someone that does exactly what you want to do. I mean exactly what you want to do, and you go follow them and so what he was saying was, Not for me to just cold turkey leave." his teachings and the power of vision and the power of paradigms and really just manifesting what I believed and and getting on that path. No, he meant find someone on this universe. It didn't even have to be someone in the United States, but find someone on the universe that is doing exactly what I wanted to do. And And if I couldn't find that one person, find two people that are doing at least 50% of what I want to do and go follow them. And so that's kind of what I've done, Melissa. I wish I had it easy, I wish I had a me or you when I was, you know, starting business because I was a consultant for the first 10 years. Before starting, you know, home Media, it was just, you know, Jamie Washington, Inc., you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> had a little EIN number, didn't know anything about separating, you know, my, my personal expenses from the business expenses and you know, not to, not to pay the company bill with my personal credit card because it makes it messy on expense, expense sheets, you know, none of right. that, you know, like so now I have a business manager to do that, but yeah, I hope that answers your question roundabout that it just kind of goes. Hey,
0: Hey you. Yeah. You thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to interrupt for a quick second to fill you in on what's up in the LinkedIn Academy this month, along with all the modules and workshops that I've put together to condense the time it will take to help you 10x your business. I've recently had three incredible world-renowned guest speakers inside the Academy exclusively coaching students to level up in their mindset. What's happening is the students are not only creating the business they've always wanted, But they're having shifts in their mindset at the same time to live their best life possible. Head to my website, livethefreelife.co and click the LinkedIn Method Academy to learn more. You learn as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Okay. So. I love the backstory and you're such an inspiration. I mean, I just love it. And the fact that you're crushing this with your five kids at home right now, just is incredible. What can you share with folks a little bit, just some techniques or just some ideas on how they can, in the midst of the state of affairs, how can... Online entrepreneurs and businesses in general stand out because, you know, they're not getting the foot traffic. They've got to leverage their media accounts to create attraction more than ever. Do you have, a, you know, a couple of ideas or just nuggets you can share with us on how to stand out?
1: Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for asking. The majority of my clients are on Instagram. So Instagram is kind of where I feel my expertise is, as well as Facebook. But this could also work on LinkedIn. What we have seen working, like I taught a master class last month that talked about how to monetize even if you're under 10K. So because a lot of people feel that if you're under 10,000 followers on Instagram, you don't have the swipe up feature. You're losing so many things because you're not you're not being featured. People can't find you if you're under 10 10,000 followers and that's not true. We have clients that, you know, have 4,000, 5,000 clients and they're making 35, 40,000 a month because they have a strategic strategy and they just rinse and repeat. So I would say it's all about engagement. I wouldn't even spend money on ads right now. If you've never touched ads and your Facebook pixel or Instagram pixel isn't what we call seasoned, I wouldn't at this this moment in time.
0: And why is that?
1: So I'm a face, I'm a Facebook certified partner. And at the end of the year, during our town hall meeting with Mark Zuckerberg, he mentioned his displeasure with the new iOS feature that was coming out on, for Apple, that they were going to basically disable the cookie that Facebook, for Facebook Pixel. So they were going to disable the Facebook Pixel on their products the majority of it was going to be mobile and as we know a lot of mobile users are on social media so mm-hmm. january 2021 you know we had businesses large corporations that lost about 73% of the reach that they were normally getting wow. because those people were on on apple products
0: so, what was the driving factor for Apple to get rid of the the Pixel piece? Privacy. Ah, okay, yeah, makes sense. I always thought that was a cool trick. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. I mean, you can kind of just follow people around. You can, I mean, the Facebook Pixel. It, I mean, it's highly seasoned. I mean, you can literally, they could go from your your Facebook page. You could follow them to ESPN. You could follow them. To Word Network, you could follow them to CBS Sports. You could follow them all over the World Wide Web until they deleted their cookies or cleared their caches. But a lot of people don't do that, and by the time they do, you have so much data on them that it's so easy. Even if they delete it, it's so easy to find them again and reengage and retarget. Ah.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say for some of our listeners, you've you've kind of done a good job here. But some of them probably don't even know what a pixel is. But it's it's really a really way to like remarket target audience based off of their. Kind of, can you can you explain that a little bit better than I can to the? Yes. To the like why people would want to leverage that, even though yes. it sounds like Apple's not.
1: <laughs> oh, I know, but I mean, there's others. You know, like there's Droids and there's computers inside of Facebook anytime you want to run ads, and this could be local ads, national ads, whatever your product is or whatever your ideal targeted audience is, you can find them on Facebook by using their pixel. Facebook knows a lot more about us than we know. Like they know if we're married or we're not married. They know what we like to spend, and what kind of credit cards we like to use. So they know if we have a Visa, a MasterCard, an AMX, a Discover card. And why is that? Well, the credit card companies that we use, and when we sign the dotted line, if it's like, oh, here's your $10,000 Visa Platinum, and we're like, oh, okay, let me sign the dotted line. No one's really reading all those seven pages that's like that tiny fine print but it does say that you will allow them to share your information to their partners. So what happens is, let's just say, let's go with this Visa Platinum. So I get a $5,000 Visa Platinum card and I sign the dotted line. Well, I don't know that Facebook is one of their Visa's partners. So then Facebook goes to Visa and says, hey, we wanna know, How many people on our platform are using your Visa logo? So anybody that has a Visa logo that's on our platform, we want you to tell us who it is. And of course, they pay for it. Mm -hmm. So then they know Jamie Washington is a Visa user. And they also know my spending habits. They know also, because they look at the pixel, they know where I go on the internet. So it's been a, it's a huge privacy issue when you, it, it can be kind of creepy when you think about it. So then they know, okay, so I'm a, I am a spender. They know where I like to shop. So then they can strategically place their ads on those pages, or they can strategically target. So like, for example, You gave me such a beautiful compliment about my shirt. So that would, I would be someone that's inside of Nordstrom's target audience. So like, let's say that there was a boutique owner who, you know, she or he had custom puff sleeve type shirts, one of a kind looking shirts. Then he could, he or she could actually turn on their Facebook pixel and tell Facebook Find me someone who who spends money, who has a Visa, Mastercard, or, you know, has a Discover, has an American Express. Find me one of them. Find me someone who likes Nordstrom's or Anthropology or Ann Taylor. Find me someone that's 35 and above that has a job that's married, and Facebook will pull. That information, they don't give it to us. They they used to, but after the election, they stopped. So what they do now is they pull the information and then they just show the ads to this group of people. So they show it to the Jamies and the Melissa's. Uh-huh. But Cambridge Analytica, sorry to go so far, but Cambridge Analytica. The reason that they got in trouble and the reason Mark Zuckerberg got in trouble is they went beyond privacy and they actually gave names. So they gave oh. our names, our email addresses, our ages. Sometimes they gave our addresses and our friends. So it was a huge data breach. So it's good. It's good. So I don't want anybody to be like, oh. But it's good for a business because you can find your ideal targeted audience. Once yeah. you know who that person he or she is, it's so easy to go inside of Facebook and say, hey, pull a thousand of these like-minded people and right. show my ads.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah it, totally. And it's funny that we're talking about this because we just had this conversation. really wants me to start running ads. And it's funny that we're talking about this because my project manager said, look, we have captured over 700 registrants from your last launch and we had maybe 55 that actually enrolled and her thing was we can take that list and actually retarget based on the demographics of that list of the people who registered for the event but didn't purchase and I'm like (laughs) like, wow yes (laughs) yes
1: yes 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 you can yes you can but I want to be able to help the audience and show them a way that they still can monetize without running ads. We have a client that she's at four, she started with us 2 years ago at 1500 a month. She has a email marketing strategy and an Instagram strategy and that's it. She's at $45,000 a month for yeah. she has a brick and mortar spa. And so she's at 45 let's just say she's at 45,000 a month. She runs no ads, Melissa, in two and a half That's incredible. She's run no ads whatsoever. So let me just kind of share that with the audience and the power of engagement. So what you could do is find your ideal customer. And for this example, I'm just going to use Instagram. So, and yet again, I'll go back to the boutique owner. So let's say that this was a boutique owner, brick and mortar, now needs to pivot due to COVID, so needs to do, find some online shoppers, needs to find some Jamie and Melissa's, because I love your blouse. (laughs) So let's say, we're going to say that she is looking on Instagram. So the best way to do this is find your, I wouldn't say competitor, but your inspiration. If I was a small boutique, I would go to Nordstrom's Instagram page. I'd go to Ann Taylor's Instagram page. And I would just kind of see who's commenting. And then I would click on those that are res- that resonate with me. So if it's like a beautiful, you know, blouse or blazer, pantsuit, and, you know, Sarah is always commenting like I can look at this post and the day before yesterday and I can see she she commented, you know, three out of the five times they posted. I'm just going to create an Excel spreadsheet and that's it. Create an Excel spreadsheet of your ideal customer. And on that Excel spreadsheet, that's all you're going to do. The best thing to when you really see the money coming in is when you get to 50 50. when you can get to 50 just links of your ideal customer and then you can even geotarget it. If you want, you know, let's say if you're in Florida and you're uh, you're the, the boutique owner in Florida, you can even start looking for people that fit your ideal targeted audience. In Florida or wherever you ship. So, if you only can ship in the US or if you're in Canada and you can only ship in Canada, you can geo target it to where you want to ship. But create a a Google like Excel spreadsheet and find 50. And it, it may take you some time. So, do it in batches, do 10 or 20. And then after you do that, You're then going to look at that list. And for 60 days, those 50 people are the people that you are going to engage with. You're going to comment on their post. You're going to get to know them. You're going to like their photos. And sooner or later, you are going to slide in the DM, but you don't slide into the DM first. You want to get them to, like Melissa knows, you want to get them to know, like, and hopefully trust you. And then when you go inside of the DM, you want to do two things. You want to either offer them like a coupon code or offer them Something that would capture their email address, their contact information, so that you can remove them from the platform, so that you can then sell to them. That is one of the easiest but million-dollar strategies.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I was like, I I was taking notes myself. <laughs> that was so good and I think that could be applicable to, you know, when I'm I'm always thinking about kind of over on the LinkedIn platform, you know, how do you go find your 50 people over on LinkedIn and engage with them because it is that power of their networks too that you're you're interacting with. So good, so good. That's incredible advice. I know people are going to run with that today, right? <laughs> So thank you so much. Well, let me ask you this. So what are you working on now? Like what what does Washington Media have to offer now? What kind of programs do you have going on? Where can people find you? Those kinds of things.
1: Okay. Oh, I love it. Okay. So we are, so first of all, you can find me on Instagram, Jamie Washington. Just look up my name. If you look in the bio link, I have this huge gift. And I I haven't taken it down yet. And it's 12 months of social media content ideas. It's something that we do every year for our clients where we take the entire calendar. So we took 2021 last year. We took 2021 and we put all of the count like holidays. So we put New Year's, Valentine's, St. Patrick's Day. We put all of those on there and then we come up with content ideas, which some people call them buckets. Some people call them pillars. Yep. And we create it for our clients anyway. And so as a gift, I was telling my, my, staff, I was having an Oprah moment. I was like, I'm going to give it for free. So if, they go, if you go, I, I'm not sure when I'm going to get rid of it, but if you go there, you it's absolutely free. You can get, it's called the Brand Visibility Project, and you can get 12 months of content ideas for free.
0: from me. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys are hearing that because I think that's the number one thing people, you know, sometimes hit a wall on is just, you know, continuing to be creative with their content. So I hope you guys are hearing that. And so that's, if they go to your Instagram page, Jamie Washington, and they go to your top bio, right? Yes. Then they can find the offering and register and, and download it.
1: Yes, you got it. Because I, I, okay. yeah, I, it, it, I think, yeah, that's easier. Because I think it has a link. I think it's like the org. But if you just go to my Instagram page and yep. you just click on it, you'll see it.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Well, and then like, I guess a final business question, just kind of like where you see yourself now. Valdeen saying, thank you so much. That's awesome. So I know a lot of people are gonna go check that out and we'll be sure to put it in the show notes. I know that you've made a shift this year with even your business and your brand. Do You wanna talk a little bit about the pivot you've made because I see it with entrepreneurs all over. I mean, business looks different now and everyone's had to pivot based on what life looked about like pre March two thousand twenty. Where is the direction you're headed in two thousand twenty-one with your business?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I am looking to partner with more solo entrepreneurs, small business owners that need that million dollar system behind them, but they don't need the million dollar price tag. You know, the one who who just doesn't have time to write the email sequences, the ones who like the chat bots, but they don't have time to write the codes, those that are looking to launch a product, but they don't have time to, to create the landing pages. They don't have time to make sure that it's connected to the CRM for their sales team. The back end systems. Yeah, um, because it's more than just social media. That's why I was given the social yeah. media for free because it's so much more than that. Right. Um, but yeah, so that so
0: it sounds like kind of a almost like an integrator of sorts for all things media, um, an interaction with perspective client, just all, all the things on the back end where the right hand speaking to the left hand. That's awesome. Incredible. I guess. Okay. And then one just like, 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 like kind of, I love picking the brains, just like lifestyle, lifestyle question. And two things. Number one, what are, what are you reading right now? Do you have any books that you're reading right now? Oh my
1: goodness. I am. So I'm reading, I'm reading promised land from Barack Obama. Awesome. It is fascinating. It is, a, it's a thick, thick book. And I'm also reading, oh my goodness, what's my other book? Cause I have two. You were born rich by Bob Proctor.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay, good. Yes. All right. And then my last question being, your- a with hot, being a mom with five kids and running a, a business with 18 different staff members. What does your morning routine look like?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I have to have time for myself in the morning. So I get up at six. And I'd like to meditate between 6 and 6.30. I like the quietness of the house. My husband gets up at 5. So I usually kind of, I get up, I get up, you know, see him out the door. But I like that time to myself from 6 to 6.30 to just really meditate, mm-hmm. get my mind, center myself on exactly what I need to do mm-hmm. for the day.
0: Do you? That's awesome. Do you have any meditation apps or where do you get your meditation guide from? You just meditate?
1: I do. I don't have any. If you have some, please share.
0: Oh, I'm always asking because I love like getting insights. I, I, the app I use is called Gaia, I think GIA, but I always wondered, like I always ask that question because I'm always looking for good guided meditation. So, well, Jamie, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your journey and just your badassery. I know you you've you're inspiring and continue to inspire a lot of people. So, thank you for taking time this afternoon to just share your light with us. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Melissa, and
1: thank you so much for your squad for allowing yeah. me to be here, and I can't wait to to chat with you really soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes,
0: yeah, thank you. Okay, bye thanks for listening to the burnout to all out podcast for free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services. Go ahead over to live the free life.co. that's live the free life.co